Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military, but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes. Welcome to episode 53 of the Headspace and Timing podcast, a show brought to you by the Change Your POV podcast network. Today's guest, Derek Abbey from the Travis Mannion Foundation, talks about the need for veterans to take control of their own lives after leaving the military and taking care of what they need to take care of in order to make that post-military life successful. The reality of uh, PTS and um, other injuries that our military population might be um, going, dealing with or suffering from, those are all realities. And, um, and of course, we acknowledge that. And what I like to say is those are realities, but those aren't the primary um, identifiers of our military. They're realities in the military, but they're also realities in other uh, cultures and communities. Um, and so let's focus on some other stuff as well. Uh, we'll deal with the realities in the pew and we'll help those that need help with that. Um, but let's not buy into the message. Let's own our own brand. So when somebody goes out and, um, you know, talks or exacerbates a message, a negative message about the military, um, what sphere do I have or what voice do I have to, to lend uh, the truth to, to that? Welcome to the Change Your POV Podcast Network. You're listening to Headspace and Timing, a show dedicated to breaking down the stereotypes about veteran mental health. My name's Dwayne France, and I'm a combat veteran of both Iraq and Afghanistan. After I retired from the Army, I took on a new mission as a clinical mental health counselor for my fellow service members. If you served in any branch of the military, you're familiar with the M2 machine gun, the 50 cal. It's one of the most effective weapons in the military's arsenal. If the weapon's headspace and timing wasn't set right, however, it was just a huge useless chunk of metal. Veterans can be rendered inoperable if their headspace and timing isn't set correctly either. That's my goal with this show, to change the way that we think and talk about veteran mental health and reduce the stigma against seeking support. Each week, we'll talk with mental health professionals, veterans, and those who support veteran service members and their families. We're going to have real and honest conversations about a topic that most just don't like to talk about, veteran mental health. Let's jump into this week's conversation. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Headspace and Timing Show, a podcast where we're trying to change the way that you think about and talk about veteran mental health. Uh, you know, we uh, often have conversations with uh, veterans uh, regarding their mental health journey and, and even uh, providers uh, talking about um, how they uh, got into and support uh, veteran mental health. Uh, today's show is a little different, uh, but not too off base because uh, veteran mental health doesn't mean just being broken. It doesn't mean, um, of course, uh, if you've listened to the show, it's not just about PTSD and TBI. Uh, but it's about um, tapping into the strength that we had while we were in the military and, uh, and supporting that and, and really giving back to our communities. And that's what my guest today is, uh, is here to talk about. 
uh, and uh, in an organization that he's with, the uh, the Travis Mannion Foundation. Uh, so my uh, my guest today is Derek Abbey. He is currently the uh, program director for the West Region for the Travis Mannion Foundation, and uh, we'll kind of get into it. So Derek, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, we were actually just, uh, as we record this, it's snowing in Colorado and definitely not snowing in San Diego. So uh, all is right with the world in our respective regions. But uh, but Derek, uh, maybe before we get started about Travis Mannion Foundation, I'd like to have you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, your background, and, and kind of how you got uh, involved in TMF. Yeah, I'd love to. I grew up in Washington State for the most part, uh, from the Seattle area, and just kind of had a little bit of um, a crazy childhood. Grew up with a single mother, um, bounced around a little bit, and then when I was uh, 13, my mom uh, unexpectedly passed away. So I was kind of kind of alone, spent some time with some aunt and uncles, and then went on to kind of um, go out on my own. And when I was 18, I ultimately... Um, ran away to the military. And I, and I truly believe that, that the military saved my life. Um, I, I needed structure. I needed a system that I could succeed in. And, um, that, that's what the Marine Corps provided for me. Uh, I, and I, and I succeeded in it. I wasn't expecting that I was going to do a full career, but I did. Uh, I did 23 years, uh, enlisted right out of high school, was a communicator initially, um, and then did pretty well on my initial enlistment, and the Marine Corps decided to invest in me a little bit more. I was selected for a commissioning program, ended up uh, going to college, getting a couple degrees in history, and uh, spending the rest of my, my time as a Marine Corps officer, and ended up in aviation, special operations community, uh, doing all sorts of amazing things. The, the Marine Corps invested in me more, sent me back to college. I ended up earning a master's degree. And it was kind of that second time in college that um, I found out really what I was going to be doing post uh, Marine Corps. Uh, they sent me to the University of San Diego where I got a, a degree in higher education leadership. And that was when there was this big influx of military into higher education. And so uh, while I was kind of figuring out what I was going to research and what I was going to study, I, I really took a look around me and said, well, where, where can I have an impact? Where, what skills do I have? What voice do I have that I can have an impact? And um, it was kind of right in front of me. So I started doing a lot of work around military and higher education and did my research around that for a couple of years. Um, finished that degree. I did a case study of some program cre programs, created a, a thesis that um, has been used to help start up a lot of programs around the nation. Still had my payback to the Marine Corps. So I went and ran a schoolhouse as my twilight tour. Um, but when I uh, retired finally in 2014. It was that work that I did for that two years uh, during that master's that translated to the next phase of my life. Uh, I had found this niche. I had uh, grown this capability, uh, things that I could have an impact on, a sphere that I could influence. And so I came back to San Diego, initially started working in higher education. And it was when I was making that transition from the, from the Marine Corps that I really told myself, I'm only going to do what I want to do for the rest of my life and have an impact on the things that I want to have an impact on. And so started at San Diego State working in their uh, military program, doing outreach to the military community. Shortly after that, I was hired away to take over the University of San Diego's program um, and ran that for a couple of years. And while I was running that, I um, connected with the Travis Manuel Foundation. You know, as somebody running a, a military program in a quality higher education institution, especially in a place like San Diego, 
uh, I would get inundated all the time by uh, nonprofits and others working with the military. Um, and a lot of them, unfortunately, not doing very good work. And so really had to vet who we who we worked with and pay attention to the impact that they were having, the image that they had. Um, and I, I saw the Travis Manning Foundation. I saw the work that they were doing. And we started working uh, together on multiple projects. And then uh, shortly after, they invited me to come uh, uh, take over the West region. And about six months ago, I took over this role. And uh, I'm absolutely loving it. And now I'm here today. <laughs> and, and that takes us up to current day. I mean, it's yeah. it's always amazing how we can sum up, uh, you know, a quarter of a century in about five minutes. I know, uh, huh? Sometimes. But uh, but even that journey really, uh, it sounds familiar. Um, you know, uh, same thing sort of as me. I was tired of sleeping in my dad's basement, um, you know, and I, uh, the military is as much a running away from something as it is a running towards something. Uh, and, and then it, it didn't sound like you really anticipated, um, uh, the officer route, you know, in the Marine Corps, right? You, you went in to, to just kind of, uh, you know, uh, see the world and do crazy things. Um, but, uh, but it seems like it was, you were surprised by some stuff along the way. Yeah. You know, I had, I had desires. Um, I was an 18 year old. Uh, I knew I wanted to go to college. I knew I wanted certain things, but you know, I didn't have a lot of systems around me that provided me with the knowledge and um, direction to access them, first-generation college student. So I knew how I wanted to go to college. Um, I just didn't know how to do it. And um, they provided that for me. Uh, they provided a, a lot for me. And, yeah, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have structure around me. Uh, the Marine Corps definitely provided that. Um, but it's what I needed at the time, uh, a, a system that I could succeed in. And, you know, it wasn't that difficult. You do X and you're going to be okay. You do a little bit more than that. You're probably going to do pretty well. And, um, I, I really wasn't anticipating a lot of the things that happened in my, my career, uh, the directions that I would go. But as I, um, grew into being a Marine and, um, kind of bought into the values and, and, and what was important, um, I learned a great deal. I became far more confident in my abilities. Um, and then really started exploring, uh, the opportunities that were available and keeping a lot of doors open. Um, and, you know, I, I was commissioned a ground officer. I didn't think I was going to end up in aviation. And then I, I ended up being a Hornet guy and an F-18 Wizzo. I did everything you want to do in an F-18, uh, except for an actual air-to-air -air engagement, but supporting a lot of Marines, soldiers, sailors, airmen uh, on the ground and, and doing some amazing work with some amazing people. And then I left that community and became a plank holder up the road with Marine Special Operations Command found myself again surrounded by some of those most amazing people in the world. And it was this opportunity to continue to just be a sponge. I was a sponge my entire career. Um, and that really benefited me because I, I realized how much I can learn from the people around me. And it wasn't just Marines. So when I was starting to work outside of those circles, you know, learning from all these other people that were rich resources, um, beyond the Marine Corps. And I felt it's just impacted me immensely. And it's allowed me to kind of grow my sphere and continue to give back uh, through the things that I've learned through my experience in the military and then outside of the military. And, and that really sets things up, I think, very well for transition. Um, it sounds like your transition um, <laughs> definitely don't want to make it sound like it was, uh, you know, uh, all wine and roses and everything was great. Uh, but 
but you didn't get into aviation, um, you know, as you uh, left the Marine Corps. Um, you moved in a totally different direction. You, you redefined yourself. Um, and a lot of veterans that I talked to as a clinician and probably many of the ones that, that you saw uh, definitely in higher education is they don't even realize that they, they need to reinvent themselves or even um, have the ability to reinvent themselves. You know, yeah. if, if they were in logistics in the Marine Corps or if they were in medical in the Army, then they feel as though they need to sort of um, continue that out of the service. Um, did you find that uh, redefining of yourself easy? Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was easy. Uh, there's, and I see a couple things in, in what you explained uh, there that I, that I personally dealt with, and then I've I've worked with several other military members around. Um, that couple years that I spent in college prior to exiting was kind of this kind of early exit or a, a little bit of an experience outside of the military, um, and it allowed me to explore. Um, my other identities, who is, who is Derek besides Derek the Marine, you know, and it turned out that, you know, it, it's Derek, the guy that knows about higher education. It's Derek, the guy that knows how to run these systems in, in colleges. It's Derek, the guy that can help with other uh, Marines transition and, and a father and, you know, other things. So, and I really spent some time looking at that um, and also giving those things value and realizing that, Yes, I've been a valuable Marine. Uh, I've been able to have an impact on all sorts of things, um, but I can also be valuable in other places. And the other side of that is the um, self-efficacy piece. I control my destiny um, because once that, that military system disappears, it's no longer telling you what to do. Um, so if you were that logistician or you were that medic, corpsman, whatever it happens to be, you can continue to do that but you can also do whatever it is that you want or try to do whatever it is that you want. And, um, you know, I, I talk to all sorts of service members and usually when I'm working with our own programming and Travis Manion foundation, I have some discussions about that because man, that is, that is really, really scary for a lot of people. Um, and I understand it. We, you know, we grew up in this system, um, that, that provides so much, for us, the military is this, you know, immense system that has so much um, control over your life, um, but it's also very, very stable. And when that system disappears and it's absolutely not replicated outside of the military, you are the one in control and that can get really, really scary. And, you know, we're, we're afraid of failing. Um, so sometimes we'll pick the easiest path. And I know what it means to be a logist logistician. So I'll, I'll just continue to do that. Or, you know, I was talking to the captain, lieutenant, so-and-so or gunny or master chief, so-and-so. And, and they said, Hey, this is what you did in the Marine Corps. So you should go do X. And when I talk to folks that hear that, or that's the approach that they're taking, I, I stop the conversation right there and say, what do you, what do you want? What do you want to have an impact on? Um, where do you want to go from here? Because it's not up to gunny and the captain it's up to you and um and you can you have all the power that system is gone or it's leaving soon and you have complete control over that and i know it's scary but uh let's see what happens and um it takes a little bit of time and it is super super scary but i think that's where we lean into you know the, the things that we're, i know we're going to end up talking a little bit more about that 
that purpose, that meaning, that that generativity, that legacy that you want to have an impact on. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. And I'm 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 really appreciative um, to be able to uh, to talk about this. And uh, and actually, it was uh, Greg Call um, is the one that connected with this. So a shout out to Greg um, uh, making the introduction. Um, but you're talking about different aspects of veteran mental health than what most people anticipate, right? You know, uh, most people think about, you know, when I as a clinician talk about veteran mental health, we're talking about a diagnosis. We're talking about depression or substance abuse or PTSD, sort of those deficits that, uh, that, that people, um, you know, it, rightly or wrongly um, consider it goes along with military service. But you're talking about um, those and you called it nebulous, I think, earlier, but it was just this this uh, open thing where it is that purpose and meaning. And how do I meet my needs? What do I even be able to define my needs, um, you know, my family and things like that? And so that is as much a part of the success after the military is understanding that. And that's a part of our mindset, our mental health uh, and, and sort of the way that we look at the world. Uh, you're, you're actually, um, you're still in school, right? So you're still, you know, uh, haven't, uh, haven't given up, but, but that's the kind of thing you're looking for, for veterans are looking at, um, for veterans, uh, in, in your current research, right? Yeah. So I, uh, I, I continue to do my research around military and higher education and, um, you know, I've I've been working in that for a while and, um, studying it for a while. And as I was going through, I was really kind of interested in um, why some were doing really well and why some were finding themselves in maybe institutions or organizations that they, that they didn't need to be in. But so I really started to explore, you know, problems that I was running into and working with this population and, and how we could address it in a positive way. And it seemed like the earlier that intervention could occur, um, the better that this person or these people were going to be in, in making their decisions or making more informed decisions. And so I really started exploring um, factors influencing decision-making of our veterans when they're selecting college. And um, as I started delving into that further, I, I really started um, taking a look at you know, the transition piece. And I, I, I started getting almost annoyed by hearing the transition word. And... Um, <laughs> And so, you know, I kind of stopped for a second and I thought, you know, when we were in the military, we, I was in a constant transition and so is everybody else. You're, you're preparing for a deployment, you're going on deployment, you're coming back from a deployment, you're getting orders, you just got orders, you're in a new unit, you're doing all this thing and it's you and your family and whoever else that's close to you that's constantly going through transition. And then I thought some more about, um, society in general, we're not the stagnant society that just sits in one place. And, and so everybody, you know, everybody's going through some sort of transition and, um, you know, you don't go and work for a company for the most part, this doesn't happen anymore. Where Okay. I've been here for 40 or 50 years. I get my watch and I retire and I've been in the same neighborhood for now. Some people that does occur and, um, that that's fantastic, but for the most part, we're all in transition. So what is it about this specific transition? That's, that's really unique. And, you know, you mentioned kind of Maslow's need. So we all need to get a job and we need to take care of ourselves and we need shelter, we need food and all those stuff. And so when I, when I would hear a lot of people talk about purpose, I think that was really the shallow piece that most people throw out there when they say purpose, you know, you need a job. Okay. And most transition programs are, we're going to connect you with employment. And that is, that is very needed. 
Um, but then I, I started looking at other things like the adult development piece and um, things like identity, intimacy, and and what I what some people call purpose. I I'll say yeah, purpose and generativity and, and longevity or legacy and things like that. So it gets a little bit deeper, you know, passion, meaning all those things. And they're really kind of stacked on top of each other. And, and I know you've written about it where you don't have to find them all in the same place and you don't, but it is important to, to, to look for them because that identity, intimacy and, and purpose from day one is provided by the military system. And it's a unique system that Identity. The more you buy into being a Marine, the more the system rewards you. We're gonna and they're visible symbols that you and everybody else can see. You know, you get promoted and everybody knows who you are, what rank you are. When you walk in a room, you have a certain uh, level of authority based on that position. Um, intimacy, not the romantic type, but the um, the type that we get from the interactions, uh, shared hardship and common mission, and depending on each other uh, to to accomplish that mission and those bonds that we create with the men and women that we serve with. Um, and then those become even more intense if we find ourselves in combat situations and things like that. And of course, purpose from day one, you're you're responsible for that person next to you in boot camp or OCS or whatever it happens to be. And then that grows pretty quickly to a fire team, a squad, a platoon, a ship, a battalion, a squad, or whatever it happens to be, your unit. And that includes people, millions and millions of dollars of equipment, and then often lives, the lives of the people you served with, and then in certain situations, the live, lives of a potential enemy. Now, when you leave that system, all of those things disappear, and they're not replicated anywhere else, you know? And you can literally go through some, you know, an identity crisis, and what is my new purpose now? Is it just a job? Or are you just thinking about that, those lower levels of that um, Maslow's Triangle? Um, and then how do I have healthy relationships with other people that aren't necessarily a Marine, soldier, sailor, airman, coasty, whatever it happens to be, um, and really exploring that. And so through a lot of the work that I've done, we've intentionally tried to, you know, one, create systems and support around those things, but also have open conversation and dialogue about it. And sometimes people are a little bit resistant, but then I, then I find them coming back a little while later and hey, what were you saying about X, Y, and Z? And then once they start investing in those things, just flourishing or, or thriving or flowing, you know, depending on what terminology you, you want to use, it's, and it's just amazing um, to see once we kind of start exploring those things and, and investing our time and energy into making sure they're right, the, the amount of success that can occur. You know, I can see how that really does um, uh, translate well to um, uh, higher education because that that is a a, a stepping stone, a gateway. You know, um, and 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 you um, probably even more uh, than I do, but as well as I know, is that not all veterans are using college just to go to college. Of course, uh, with our generous benefits right now, it simply pays the rent, right? You know, so a lot of times veterans will. Well, perhaps go to um, to college maybe for the wrong reasons and and tend to flounder around, um, but but a, a degree or going to college is not an end in and of itself. It's a stepping stone. It's a it is a gateway to another world, um, but it also it has a little bit of a structure that will allow the veteran to um, to sort of uh, transition through that. You know, using that word or 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 be able. 
you have an identity of a student that can bridge the identity of between Marine to veteran or, or, or something like that. Uh, in, in one of uh, the earliest um, uh, podcast episodes, uh, a fellow mental health professional, uh, Tim Weineke, um, who also was he where I focus on justice involved veterans, he focus on uh, veterans um, in mental health and higher education. And he, he would say that he would see veterans maybe in, in the first year, maybe 18 months of college, they're, they're wearing the clothes that they, they, you know, that they pulled out of the duffel bag and the beard and, and everything is scraggly. But, but there's a certain point almost, and it sounds like, where that, that, that light bulb comes off and they come back to you and said, what are you thinking? And then they actually start to establish a different identity um, beyond just that. Do you see or, or did you see sort of the same thing when you were in higher education? Yeah, and and we would have open conversations about it because you know you can feel challenged a little bit when somebody says, "Well, you're no longer in the Marine Corps." Well, yeah, you know, you know, I'm once a Marine, always a Marine, all that stuff. And and so what I would say is, "Hey, you're always going to be a veteran or that or that military member. That's always going to be a part of you. But what else? What else are you? You know, you know, you're you're a father, a mother." a sister, a brother, uh, you know, uh, son and daughter. And then you, you know, now you're in college, you're an engineer, you're a historian, you're a writer, you're an academic, you're, you're all these things. And, and what we would do in our, in our systems in higher ed is we would, um, kind of talk about our center, if you will, being a hub. And I was really passionate about it being a hub and not a bubble. So come here and connect with all these other things that you can have on campus. Um, if you want to go be part of the multicultural center, then go do that. If you want to be part of student government, go do that because you can have an impact on people there. You can work with people that aren't necessarily uh, veterans themselves or have been in the military. And that's super, super valuable. One, because you can have an impact. And two, you're going to have to work with these folks uh, later on. And once we kind of started doing that and a few people did it, then other people started noticing it. Um, it really started to explode, and then, the, and then the veteran community was kind of taken over the campus. But then it also flew flooded off into the greater community. It's like, oh well, I can have an impact on this circle as well over here, and I have this skill set, and this would be valuable to this organization or this group. Let me let me go see what I can do with them. And it was really neat to see, um, you know. They're like, oh, there, there's other ways of having an impact uh, than what I did in the past. And I'll always have that, but now I can do n new things. And so, and then when that happened, you'd see, oh, maybe I'm over the beard now. It's really itchy anyways. And, um, you know, if you would have saw me uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had long hippie hair and uh, now I've gotten it short again. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of change my identity it seems like all the time not my identity but I change my look all the time because I can and uh, um, you know I, I look for things that are important to me now and, and you know it's funny you mentioned clothes because I, I think I wear um, a lot different clothes now than I did the first couple of years that I, that I was getting out that I was really still holding on to, to that marine identity and I still have it and it's still definitely part of me but uh, there's there's different clothes that I wear now and I see a lot of people going through that. And I think that's very important, uh, and, and it sounds like what you did there um, was, was really raise awareness to, to sort of awaken in the veteran the understanding that, you know, there is more to you than just your service or just your rank or things like that. 
Um, and then um, as we, we talk about networking as far as, you know, what it can do for me, but a true network where more nodes add to the network makes the, makes the network stronger. Um, and then I'm sitting here listening to you and I can see why the Travis Mannion Foundation, uh, it came to you because that's, that's what, as far as what I understand the Travis Mannion Foundation is, it's, it's helping veterans understand these are the strengths that you have and this is how you can make an impact in your community. Um, and we're going to kind of help you kind of through that. Well, you, you, you nailed it. It's um, using veterans and surviving family members to strengthen our, our nation's character. And uh, our primary program is our Character Does Matter program. And that is delivered by veterans and surviving family members. Um, and it's a character presentation to, most of the time it's to youth. So uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers, even elementary schoolers, but sometimes athletes in college and stuff like that around the value of character and how having, how and why a uh, strong character can have a positive impact on the, on the greater community. And, and we do that intentionally. I mean, it's, it's, it's found the foundation of it is trace-based leadership theory and every single uh, service member that enters the military at any level and every level, that's the foundation of every, every leadership theory in the military. And so everybody that's been a service member at some level is an expert in this. And this is value that you can take from your service, provide it to another generation or an enormous sphere of youth and young adults and kind of grow that sphere of influence, have that second, third order effect of, of your ability to have an impact on the nation. And so that's the that's kind of the foundation program that we have. And that's the intention of the Travis Manning Foundation. And the, and the reason that I ended up there is it completely aligns with my values and what's important to me. And I'll, I'll definitely invest in that. And, and that's what, that's what we've been doing. And it's just, it's just amazing. And it's fantastic to see the impact. It benefits the veteran and the surviving family members because they can see, you know, oh, okay, yeah, I can, here's the value that I bring from the military and I can use this value to have an impact on others besides just other military members. It could be whatever you know, group you're connected to. Is it, is it a school that your kids go to school at? Is it an athletic team that your son or daughter is playing it? Or is it just your neighborhood that you live in and you want to have a positive impact on? And it's pretty neat when we see um, our veterans and surviving family members thrive in these systems. You know, I, and I think that is, uh, it, that's extremely critical. I've often said on the podcast here and written about um, you know, that's one thing I've been very intentional to do is find things in my post-military life that give me as much satisfaction. Uh, and it's not all uh, has to do with uh, veteran mental health. It, um, I actually have, um, I don't have long hippie hair. Um, I have no <laughs> hair probably because I have a lot of different hats. But um, one of the things that I do is I am involved in my kids' school. Um, uh, shortly after I retired, uh, I found myself on the board of directors of a nonprofit of a charter school. Uh, and, and I'm now president of the board, and, and now that's been um, going on uh, five years, and it's been probably one of the most rewarding things that I've, I've done. Um, and, and again, that's that next generation. It's me getting involved. It's me using my leadership uh, skills um, to be able to do that. But I was looking for things like that, uh, and many veterans, uh, old or young, and I've seen it, it doesn't matter as far as rank or, or, um, or even officer enlisted, Unless they're looking for that, they don't see that. Um, and that, I think, is, again, what, what Travis Mannion is really trying to do. 
Now, can you give us a little bit of background on on what the Travis Mannion Foundation is? Um, you know who Travis was and and things like that. Absolutely. So um, the organization was started about ten, 10 years ago. We're going on the eleventh anniversary of Travis's passing. So Travis was a Marine. He went to the Naval Academy, was commissioned, uh, joined, uh, went off to do some amazing things, and then in uh, 2007, April of 2007, he was killed by an enemy sniper in Iraq. And and shortly after that is when his family decided to create uh, the Travis Madian Foundation to to move on in his legacy, and and they have since then and. It, it has grown immensely over the last decade. We are a true national uh, veteran service organization, and we're also a character organization. And so that's what we do is we want to serve um, our veterans and our surviving family members to provide them opportunities and to empower them to grow and strengthen America's national character. And we do that through our Character Does Matter programs, but it also is other programs that are having uh, an impact on the community. So Operation Legacy uh, happens across the, the nation, and that's encouraging and motivating community members to find ways of having an impact, a positive impact on, on their communities. And so if somebody, if, and the guidance on it, when I when I talk to people and they want to be in Operation Legacy or they want to participate in Operation Legacy and they want to, they want to do a community service project and they ask, you know, well, what can I do? And I said, well, where does your imagination lead you? Or what is your sphere of influence? And kind of what we talked about earlier when, when we're looking at it, because it can be a veteran or it could be just a, uh, a young adult or a, a teenager or something that's wanting to have an impact. Who, who can you have a positive impact? And it doesn't have to be 10 people. It doesn't have to be 100. Maybe it's just a few. And then let's explore that. And so they come up with some fantastic ideas. And then we support them through that, through our own programming. So some of the things that we've done here in San Diego are, you know, things you would expect to a beach cleanup or something like that, uh, planting trees, um, going and cleaning up some space for a community center. Uh, we painted a community center uh, back on Veterans Day. But then it's also been some things that I, I wasn't sure would have an impact, but I, we were certainly willing to go explore and like, hey, we got we got these flowers donated and we think we want to go deliver them to the VA hospital. So, and, and they did. And we got some donations from other parts of the community for vases and stuff like that. And you know, you wouldn't think that something like that might have a huge impact, but it, it did, not only on the patients and the people that were there in the hospital, but the staff and everything as well. And they wanted us to come back and they wanted us to keep on doing it. So, um, you know, it's all about having a positive impact on your community. And the cool thing about the Travis Manion Foundation, you know, I, I mentioned the, the character piece and it's based in this trace-based leadership theory, but it's also based in positive psychology and it's future-focused Um it's not we're not we're not preaching uh, the broken message. Uh, we're about the positive mental health that, that you're uh, discussing because it is more than that. So we want to counter uh, some of the you know the messaging in the media to to let people know um, about the value of service, the value of our military. And even though we're we're a veteran service organization, we're having an impact uh, on on these children and stuff. We we, we tell them when we do this programming that you, this isn't a recruiting group. We're not here. We don't expect you to go into the military. Of course, that's an option, but it's really, it's about the value of service. And these are examples uh, that we use and we dedicate it, uh, all of our events to fallen service members. But where can you serve? How can you serve? Um, who can you have an impact on? 
and how do you invest in that and let us help you with that. And um, we've had a enormous amount of success and we're having an impact across the nation. And I'm absolutely, um, it's an absolute joy to be a part of it. And I, and I think in a, something that you had said uh, even earlier, definitely, that, that there are many nonprofits um, uh, proliferating, uh, some that are serving veterans and some that are giving uh, opportunities uh, veterans to serve. Um, but, but what I see and, and what other um, uh, veterans that I talk to are seeing is, is that the, the ones that are emerging that are having the most impact are, um, are focused on exactly what you're talking about, you know, what is the desire and the strength of the veteran? What does the veteran uh, find is most important? Um, and then there is a place for that, uh, um, uh, an organization for that. Uh, but it's very narrow. Um, you're, you're not out providing, um, you know, trips to the ball game, right? You're not, you're not doing the, the, the kind of um, sort of everything for everybody. You're really focusing on on again uh, character and leadership and uh, and trying to um, help a veteran um, have an impact on their community, and so I see Travis Mannion Foundation. And correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot like um, you know Team Rubicon or the Mission Continues or Team Red, White, and Blue, where you know these are they're they're focused on what the veteran wants to do, not focused on some other set of criteria. Not bashing the legacy VSOs, of course, but the VFW and the American Legion, the Department of uh, the DAV, uh, they have uh, specific criteria for inclusion uh, and, and to be able to come in. There's an in and out, um, and they do a wide range of things because of their, um, you know, uh, the uh, again legacy and and their um, position. Uh, but veterans are looking for something different, and I think that's what. Um, I call them the new age VSOs are really uh, satisfying that, um, that need. Yeah, I think, I think you nailed it. It's you come out of the military with, uh, enormous set of skills and immense value. And so we want to be a system that, that taps into it and we're not going to control what you do. We have our programmings that of course we want you to participate in, but all of them also allow for, uh, each individual's personality and each individual's story to to be woven into it um and so it becomes personal it, and it, it is that person's sphere of influence we can plug them into things that we have established but we also really encourage our volunteers to you know run with it um find that group that you can have an impact on and let us support you through the process of of having an impact where you want to have an impact um and you know that and that's across the nation so this kind of sphere is just continues to grow and it, and it grows in new ways and it, yeah, it's pretty impressive stuff. So what kind of, uh, and obviously having an impact on the uh, community, but what kind of um, impact are you seeing on individual veterans or, 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 or things like that? Yeah, that, that, that comes back to the beginning of our conversation. You know, this, this identity, intimacy, and, and uh, purpose that I was talk, talking about is the same measure that that we use so we have this foundation of positive psychology and we use meaning relationships and engagement uh, as our measurement and you know these are these are kind of intangibles but that's what we look at for uh success when we're looking at the success of the impact on on the veteran or the surviving family member specifically um are you finding that meaning purpose legacy generativity uh from our programming and participating in it 
Um, are you creating strong, positive relationships, not only, not only with other veterans, but your greater uh, community? And then are, are you engaged? Um, and that's, I mean, that's, if you're, if you're in our program and you're, you're, you're being, you're, you're engaging in it. So that's a, that's a pretty easy one, but you know, are you stopping there? We do want to know, is this kind of empowering you to continue to engage in other things and kind of realize like, Oh, I can, I can have an impact over here. Um, I have a voice in, in this group and I can have an impact here. You know, are you going on to be that, that board member for the charter school and then going on to be the president and things like that. That's not our programming, but hopefully we, we can build that confidence and, um, you know, help you lean into that self-efficacy that you have control over your life. Now that the military system isn't, we're not going to tell you what to do, but we, we like to see folks do that. And so that's really the measurable that we, we look at when we're, when we're looking at the impact on the veteran and the surviving family members themselves. And, and I think that's the big thing that, uh, and I don't even say that veterans, current era veterans, again, specifically that, that, uh, that I know, um, not to say that they're missing that, but they're not aware of that. They, they don't realize that they, they have that capability. Uh, again, if their needs aren't being met, if there's challenges and cracks in the foundation, um, of course, cracks such as PTSD, TBI, but also not understanding how to meet my needs, uh, not even recognizing that the, the sense of purpose and meaning is a need that I need to meet, yeah. um, that, that that's, again, uh, what Travis Mannion and, and, and many of those other organizations are doing, holding that up to the veteran and saying, we know you have value in you, even if you don't believe you have value in you. Um, I, I've written about before, and, and, and I assume you will agree with me if, if you might not, of course, correct me, but... Uh, this current generation of veterans has the potential to be this century's greatest generation. Um, we have, um, of course, the largest cohort since Vietnam, um, if you consider all the global war on terror um, even larger. But combat veterans, specifically um, Vietnam um, veterans, are, are um, are larger cohort than us. But we have a platform. We have the, the platform of of the, the internet and, and social media, and veterans have the ability and even the responsibility to make an impact in their community and then even in the nation. Um, and I don't know if they know that. Yeah, there, there's a couple things there. And, you know, it's talking about you have the ability to have an impact and, and also um, the reality of uh, PTS and um, other injuries that our military population might be um, going, dealing with or suffering from, those are all realities. And, um, and of course, we acknowledge that. And what I like to say is those are realities, but those aren't the primary um, identifiers of our military. They're, they're realities in the military, but they're also realities in other uh, cultures and communities. Um, and so let's focus on some other stuff as well. Uh, we'll deal with the realities in the pew and we'll help those that need help with that. Um, but let's not buy into the message, but let's own our own brand. Um, and then you, you mentioned Greg call and we've had conversations about this owning our own brand. Um, so when somebody goes out and, um, you know, talks or exacerbates a message, a negative message about the military, um, what sphere do I have or what voice do I have to, to lend, uh, the truth to, to that and, and to, 
make people aware of the value that that we have. And I do 100% agree with you that we have the potential to have an enormous impact and be the greatest generation uh, of this century. And I think we're on our way to doing that. Um, we just need to, you know, get out of our doing, own way. Yeah. Keep on doing work and keep on serving. And, and, and yeah, we, you know, not everybody realizes right away um, how much of an impact that they can have. Um, and, you know, I, I don't think a lot of our systems uh, as far as transition systems, official systems in place uh, within the DOD and perhaps the VA spend a lot of time focusing on, you know, kind of some of these intangibles, which can translate into pretty significant tangibles. Uh, um, and so that's that's where we want to fill that gap. And we want to make sure that people, uh, our veterans community, are, are aware of this enormous potential that they have. And we want to provide a system uh, and some programming that, that can um, make it easier for them to realize that and give them another opportunity to take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I um, do agree with you. Again, um, I'm uh, a recent, uh, it doesn't seem recent maybe for me or, or maybe for you, uh, but in the grand scheme of things, uh, it, it is very recent since we've transitioned and we've gotten out. Uh, I actually have a mentor of mine who was a Vietnam veteran and he and I were having breakfast and he had said, how, how, um, how much long, you know, how long have you been out of the army? I said, I, it's been three years, right? I've been out for three whole years. And he was like, kid, you still have sand behind your ears. And he was like, you know, talk to me when it's 15 or 20 years. And, 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 and he was trying to, again, very gently to be able to say, you're, we're, we're still in that, you know, um, uh, early transition piece. But I do remember um, not getting what I needed necessarily from my transition assistance program. And we hear that a lot. And of course, there's limits and things like that. But, um, but they don't do a very good job of preparing the veteran's mindset um, to be able to get out. They, they give them the tangible skills. Again, in, in the, the name of the blog and the podcast, Headspace and Timing, the 50 Cal, um, the transition programs teach you how to load the weapon, teach you how to shoot the weapon, teach you how to employ the weapon, but they don't make sure that the headspace and timing is set correctly. And so if you give them all of those skills, but don't have the headspace and timing set right, then the weapon's not going to be effective at all. And that's where I see, again, uh, Travis Mannion really helping veterans say, this is what you need to do in this space. We're not, we're not providing therapy. We're not, we're, not, we're not, you know, yes, we can help you again. If there's um, clinical mental health conditions, we can do that. And there's this other piece that we're going to focus on and we're going to do well. Yeah, and, you know, all of those things have a purpose. So yeah, they, they do have to go through the, the, the tangibles and the, and the basics like, uh, Hey, you do need to know how to write a resume and you do need to get some employment. Um, and we also have a transition program and I, I, our transition program isn't so much about, uh, connecting people to employment. It's more about adjusting that rudder. So they're pointed in the right direction. So when the, hopefully they're seeking the right employment and then we can plug them into another program that is going to make that connection around employment. But our stuff focuses on what are your strengths? How do you tell your story uh, to somebody so they understand the value that they bring to what's important to them? Um, and now we got that rudder pointed in the right direction. All right, now let's plug you into this other system that um, is about making that final connection. But if you're making that final connection first and it's not the right connection or that job, and that's when you kind of hear a lot of folks that 
oh, that all these veterans are are moving on to their second uh, job within the first year, you know. And, you know, there's there's a lot of depth to that because sometimes it's figuring out your own value. Um, sometimes it's the the whoever it is that's working with you figuring out your value in these new systems. Because um, it's not just a matter of, oh, I'm going on to a job that I don't like, or I started in a job that I don't like, and that, that does occur, absolutely. But sometimes it's going on in a job and that boss realizing or somebody else realizing how valuable they are after they've been there for a while and getting promoted or hired away to, to other jobs. And yeah, I haven't been out that long. Uh, I'm going on four years right now. And, and I, I think when I look back at it, I was like, Oh, I thought I was doing pretty good. I was pretty savvy in, in these circles. And, and man, I have learned so much, uh, since I got out of the Marine Corps, um, about, the systems outside of the Marine Corps that I've been involved in, but also so much about myself. Um, and, and I know in 15 years, I'm going to look back at this point and say, man, I didn't know anything, <laughs> but clueless. Um, I'll, I'll keep on learning. And that, that's the cool thing is that we have the opportunity to take our experiences from the past and use them to continue to influence our future, but we continue to grow and that's, you can continue to grow that sphere and, um, continue to have a positive impact in all sorts of new ways. And, um, that's, you know, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of that, not only for myself, of course, but if I can play a small part in that with, with other people through my involvement with Travis Mannion and, and other things, then it, it makes me feel good. And it's part of my own purpose. Yeah. And I think that uh, it's just that idea of, of uh, continuous growth, but we can choose to grow, but we can also choose not to grow or, or we can make the, the not choosing as a choosing uh, in and of itself. And so uh, staying stuck and staying stagnant, uh, it, it, it might have been a story. Actually, I think it, it might even have been a story that I, I heard from Greg. Um, but uh, a couple years ago, I, I heard this conversation where a, a veteran was, was on the aircraft uh, on an airplane, you know, traveling, um, and a young Marine in uniform um, was on board, and there was a, an older Marine um, who, of course, had his red satin jacket and had his, you know, um, and so the, the older Marine had served in, uh, in the early 80s, uh, and they sat next to each other, and, and um, this, the veteran who was observing this, the entire flight, the old Marine was talking to the young Marine about the glory days and, and everything that he did, you know, in the five years he was in the Marines. And he said, what a waste to be, I mean, how much more life experience did that, you know, older Marine have to be able to, to speak into that young Marine, but then we can choose to kind of be in that glory day mindset. And, and that's sort of what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I did all sorts of amazing things in the Marine Corps. I'm, I'm super proud of, but, you know, I have so many more amazing things to do. Uh, you know, I'm only 44, so I got, you know, another what? 80, 90 years to live. That's what I like to think. But, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was a big portion of my life. Um, 23 years, but, but some people, yeah, it was four years. Um, but man, there's so much more that you can do and you can use that experience to influence that in, in a variety of ways and continue to do great things. And, and you just got to focus that energy and, and figure out what that sphere of influence is and invest in it. And, you know, it, that brings up something that, I, that I've noticed in a lot of people um, is sometimes they get out and they do have this motivation and they think, you know, I'm going to 
I'm going to do X and it's kind of putting a flag on top of a mountain. I'm going to, I'm going to cure cancer. It's like, okay. Um, and then they might fall short and then it's this spiral down into, um, a hole. And so I tell people, you know, you, you can have that flag on a mountain, but what are the goals leading up to it? You know, who can you have an impact on today? And it doesn't need to be the country. It can be your family. It can be your neighborhood, your neighbors, these two or three people around you. And if you invest in them in the right way and you figure out how you can be successful doing that, I guarantee that'll just continue to, to grow. And, and it's kind of a healthy approach, you know, build on success uh, type of thing. Yes. And I, I think another uh, aspect is to make sure and, and anybody getting out, make sure there's not somebody else already trying to put the flag on top of that particular mountain because we get into each other's way of, um, you know, well, I'm going to start a nonprofit to help cure PTSD, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're all, you know, shoving each other out of the way, uh, whereas there are organizations that you can partner with to be able to do the exact same thing and your impact. Again, that idea of more nodes in the network strengthen the network as a whole as opposed to if if we're all these little islands, then it's just wasted energy. And, and so I really appreciate you know, what Travis Mannion is doing to try to help veterans um, harness that positive mental health and the positive um, uh, values that we had in the military to make that greater impact in our community. I think it's great. Yeah, man, it's it's. <laughs> You mentioned that all these all these uh, nonprofits. We got twelve thousand nonprofits here in San Diego, um, and a lot of them are focused on uh, on the military. And it can be kind of sometimes like drowning in a sea of goodwill. Um, and so, if if people are looking at things like that, or where or where can I have an impact? You know, if you're not sure, that's an opportunity to kind of look around for people doing great things around you. And I. I I like to try and surround myself with what I think are the best people and get close to them and learn what they're doing and learn from them. And it doesn't have to be another Marine. It doesn't have to be another veteran. Um, there's people out there doing amazing things. And if you kind of s surround yourself with amazing people, somehow that seems to rub off. Uh, you know, you can learn so much from them um, or maybe jump on their team. And, and you bring a lot of value to any team. I think that um, we connect ourselves to, we, we have the potential to, to have an enormous impact and, and folks will, folks will recognize that. And, uh, yeah, you can, you know, strengthen numbers type of things. We, we've seen that in the military too. Uh, if we align ourselves with the right group, the right organization, it could be the Travis Manion foundation. I, I found myself, uh, here. I'm very happy here. And it's, it's amazing to be a part of this, um, uh, huge group that's having a, an enormous impact. And it's just a matter of volunteering if you want to be a part of it. Um, and, and signing up, it's that simple. So, and that's if they a veteran is looking around and, and they hear this or, or maybe a, a caregiver uh, is listening to this and saying, hey, here's an organization that, that sounds pretty cool. How would someone uh, get involved with the Travis Mannion Foundation? The easiest way is through our website, travismanion.org. So if they go there, um, they can see where the closest regional offices or wh where they're, who's closest to them and just reach out. We're a membership organization, and signing up is is just that. It doesn't. It's a membership organization, but it doesn't cost anything. So if they sign up, uh, they'll have the opportunity to go through our ambassador training, become an ambassador. Um, if they're a veteran or a surviving family member, they can go on and become a mentor in our Character Does Matter program, and and then they're in the system. And then it's a matter of we can scaffold it for them 
in the sense that if we want to plug them into a program that we already have established, we can do that. But if they go through our training, they can also figure out ways that they can have this impact in their own circle. Um, so we try and make it, you know, at any level that somebody's re ready to pl plug in to. So sometimes people, you know, they're not ready to get up in front of a, a room full of kids and give a presentation. So, you know, if, th if that's the case, then, you know, let us team you up with somebody so you can get, build up the, um, the, the knowledge and the, and the courage to do it. it. It can be some of the scariest things. You know, I've seen some pretty impressive Marines that did some pretty impressive stuff, but get them in front of a bunch of fifth graders and they're like, I, it's amazing. You know, the, uh, the, the things, you know, it, um, actually I was uh, another Marine, as a matter of fact, he was on an earlier episode, David Smith. And, and we were talking about how, um, you know, it, we weren't, we weren't f afraid or, or we didn't hesitate kicking down a door in Iraq um, but for some reason, we hesitate going into a therapist and talking about it. Right. Um, but but yeah, these guys that are jumping out of airplanes and, and you know, uh, riding boats across choppy waters, but then you get them in front of, uh, you know, a, a group of kids and then they freeze up. It's pretty, yeah. uh, it's pretty <laughs> that interesting. Too often. Most of the time, our, our folks are doing amazing, amazing work and we want them on our team. We want them to be members of the Travis Manion Foundation. So it's as simple as going to the website, travismanion.org and signing up to be a member. That's great. You know, I really appreciate you taking the time, Derek, and I'm going to uh, make sure that we have the connections to that in the uh, in the show notes. If somebody wanted to reach out, maybe talk to you personally, do you have some maybe social media uh, or, or connection uh, information that we can provide? Yeah, so social media, it's the same thing. If they, if they go onto social media and go up in the search window and search Travis Mannion uh, Foundation, they're going to find our social medias, and again, and that's how they can they can connect with me. If they're in the Southern California area, it, right on the website, if they go in and they fill out, once they put in their zip code, they're going to get connected with the West Region, which is my office, and it'll be me or or one of my teams that team members that'll that'll reach out to them eventually, and and we'll, we're happy to bring them um, into the office or into the fold here in Southern California or in the West Region. And if for some reason they connect with me and um, they're, I'm not their regional director, then I'll definitely make a, a warm handoff to whoever it is in their region. If it's you know anywhere in the country, uh, all the way from here to, to New York, and uh, we'll, we'll plug them into the right folks. And of course, they can find uh, me on social media, so they can link, in, link up with me on LinkedIn or anything like that. So it's Derek Abbey, and you search that in the window, and you'll find my, my face on there. Sounds good. Once again, uh, I really appreciate you taking the time and, and uh, hopefully uh, we will be able to continue to support Travis Manion and the great work that they're doing. Awesome, Dwayne. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. You're listening to Headspace and Timing on the Change Your POV Podcast Network. As Derek and I talk about, veteran mental health and getting your headspace and timing set correctly isn't just about PTSD and TBI. As you know from my veteran mental health boot camp series, there's a whole different aspect of mental health in post-military life, doing something that you enjoy that makes an impact in your community. Travis Mannion Foundation is a great opportunity to connect with an organization that helps veterans do exactly that. And, as inspiration, we can look to service members like Lieutenant Mannion, who live their lives of character and sacrifice to serve our nation. Derek mentions his background briefly, but I wanted to tell you more about him here. Growing up in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, Travis was known for his strong leadership qualities, athleticism, and academic achievement. Upon graduation from the United States Naval Academy, he decided to follow in his father's footsteps and was awarded a commission into the United States Marine Corps. 
After finishing at the top of his class at the basic school in Quantico, Virginia, Travis was assigned to 1st Reconnaissance Battalion, 1st Marine Expeditionary Force, Camp Pendleton, California, with whom he deployed to Iraq for his first tour of duty. In 2006, Travis was selected as an experienced Iraq war veteran from the 1st Recon Battalion to become part of a military transition team with 10 other Marines that would train and partner with an Iraqi Army Battalion in Fallujah, Iraq. On April 29, 2007, 1st Lieutenant Mannion, his fellow Marines, and Iraqi Army counterparts were ambushed while searching a suspected insurgent house in the Al-Anbar province of Iraq. Leading the counterattack against enemy forces, Travis was fatally wounded by an enemy sniper while aiding and drawing fire away from his wounded teammates. Travis Mannion made the ultimate sacrifice that day. His selfless actions allowed every member of his patrol to survive. For his actions, Travis was awarded the Silver Star and Bronze Star with Valor. His legacy continues to grow through the work of the Travis Mannion Foundation, inspiring people to live with character and make an impact by serving others. We can all remember Travis by carrying out the values that defined his life. This sacrifice serves as an example to service members, but the focus of the Travis Mannion Foundation is not the manner of his passing, but the way he lived his life. If you're interested, make sure to check out more at travismannion.org. As you come to the end of this episode, be sure to tune into episode 54 when I have a conversation about another organization that's focusing on supporting veteran mental health and wellness in post-military life. Casey Kelly from the Warrior Wellness Alliance, a program of the George W. Bush Institute, will be sharing how her organization is bridging the gap between veteran organizations like the Travis Mannion Foundation and veteran-focused mental health organizations like mine. This is the kind of thing that we need in the veteran advocacy space, a network connection that makes all of the partners stronger and more effective. I'd like to thank the Change Your POV podcast network for hosting this show and highlighting the critical importance of veteran mental health. We want to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email at duane at veteranmentalhealth.com. You can find me at Twitter at The Counseling Vet or head on over to Facebook and look for the Change Your POV Squad. You can find the show notes for this episode and all the episodes by going to veteranmentalhealth.com or changeyourpov.com. Sign up for updates on either or both so you don't miss another episode. While you're at it, check out the other great shows on the Change Your POV podcast network. The show about remembering our military history and reviving our warrior spirit, changing hearts and minds, the show about outdoor activities that us veterans love so much, Neophyte in the Woods, the show that helps us get going at the beginning of the week, Motivation Monday, and Attack Fridays, the show that brings you actionable tips, tricks, and coachable knowledge to help you make the best of your transition. While you're checking out the other shows, drop us a review in iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening to. The reviews really help spread the word about what we're doing. If you're looking for the total package for all the information you need to live the life you want after leaving the military, you found it. If you know of a buddy who's looking for the same info, share it with them so they can find it too. I want to thank Doc Todd for his permission to use his track, Not Alone, from his amazing album, Combat Medicine. Doc Todd is somebody who's trying to bring veteran mental health out of the darkness and into the light, and you can get the album by going to therealdoctod.com. Check it out, because remember, veterans, you're not alone. Ever. The struggle is real, found a feast and lost a soul Eventually my drinking, it got out of control There in darkness I roam, struggling to find home See suddenly death didn't feel so alone 22 a day, destination unknown It could have been avoided if you picked up the phone But now you're gone, so I guess all we get is the tone Nothing but bone weeds, overgrown, pushing up stones I've triumphed over enemies, co-created enemies Broke out facilities that tried to put an end to me R.I.P., I'd rather grind in tranquility Authentic Tennessee and 
VA said, gave every shred, every last thread of my identity, conquer my fragility, eliminate the enemy, deliver me God from temptation. Tell me that this life is just a matrix, need a facelift, back to basics, vision six. I only feel alive when I hear the bass kick. Are you looking for more ways to learn about military and veteran culture? Are you a mental health professional or public health professional without lived experience in the military but find yourself working with veterans? Are you a caregiver or a family member of a veteran? Then you might be interested in a series of books that have been released with you in mind. By going to veteranmentalhealth.com forward slash books, you can check out three books that give you an insight into veteran mental health from a combat veteran perspective. These books are a collection of short, consumable essays that discuss a wide range of topics related to mental health and wellness in post-military life. Head on over to VeteranMentalHealth.com forward slash books and check them out for yourself or follow the link in the show notes.